The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. Again, correct here on a uh, Monday night. Welcome, 632. John Scholes here. Alex Lucifero is your guy. Email to go with that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Might get to some of those later on. And then the uh, website you can always go to for more information and to reach out with contact and the severance calculator. Important piece right there built into it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Lots to get through on the show uh, every day, all day, but uh, we're going to get that started very shortly. Alex, we always start off with the case of the day, pal. What's going on with you? Mr. Scholes, thank you very much. Always uh, great to be here as usual. And as you said, we're live on the air until 7, answering any and all questions our listeners have about employment law, about your workplace rights, really anything and everything to do with your job. If you have a question, this is the time, this is the place. We're ready to talk and ready to answer, of course, any questions you have about what's going on at work. Uh, I think you mentioned this yourself, John. Everybody needs to know about their workplace Right. It's so extremely important nowadays with the way employers are restructuring and the economy is going. We obviously spend the majority of our time at work. And listen, despite everybody's best efforts, it's common, John. It's more common than anyone thinks that despite everybody's efforts, disputes happen. Employers and employees will disagree about various things when it comes to the workplace, whether that's changes during your work, whether that's how you're being treated as an employee at work. Of course, if you're dealing with a layoff or some sort of termination, that's obviously a very serious situation. And it's important to know how to handle those kinds of situations, whether you're an employee yourself or maybe you're a business owner, maybe you're even a contractor. You have rights. Our employment laws in Ontario are actually quite protective of workers. They're quite robust. But of course, the law can't help you if you don't know what the law is or the way the law actually works in, in, in your given situation. And listen, that's what we're here to do. We're here to inform people on what those rights are, help people resolve those workplace problems, help alleviate that stress, that mental anguish that comes with, you know, that lack of sleep that comes with dealing with a situation at work. Uh, and, you know, and that's, you know, that's what we pride ourselves on. Uh, really, as employment lawyers, help helping people feel a heck of a lot better about their situations and at least pointing them in the right direction when it comes to their employment rights. And of course, John, in that respect, we always start the show off with a segment we call the case of the day, talk about a matter or two that came across my desk this week. And uh, this is a matter, uh, John, that actually I've been dealing with over the course of the past month and that actually just resolved today. So this is hot off the press. As they say, I... Uh, helped resolve a a severance claim, John, for a very nice lady. She was in her early 50s -hmm. working for one of the big banks uh, here in uh, in Toronto. And, uh, uh, you know, quite uh, quite surprisingly, she had been a 30-year employee of this bank. Uh, John, so basically started with the bank as a teller straight out of school in her early 20s, worked her way up over uh, over that many years, 
I think for the past 15 or so, she'd been a branch manager uh, at, at one of these banks. Uh, unfortunately, and we saw this uh, across uh, a number of, of the big banks earlier this fall, uh, uh, John, there, there were large restructurings uh, that, that happened. And, uh, you know, I think a good few hundred people were let go from their from their position. And that's exactly what happened to this lady. So unfortunately, after that many years of service, she was let go from her job, sat down one day for a meeting and told, you know, we're, we're no longer going to need you in your position. We're letting yeah. you go. She was actually, John, offered a pretty def- decent severance package right off the bat. I mean, at least in terms of the number of months that she was offered, John, she was offered initially 20 months of pay as her severance entitlements. Okay. Now, that's 20 months, by the way, John, not 20 weeks. Some people will be surprised to hear that uh, you know, severance entitlements for employees with almost 30 years of service in the range of 30 years of service uh, right, are going to be looking at probably as much as two years of pay mm-hmm. as their severance entitlements. This lady was offered 20 months, so a little, just shy of two years as her severance entitlements. And, and so, I, you know, I didn't even have kind of huge issue with the severance, with the length of the severance period being offered, John. But where there was a big, big issue with her severance package is that she was offered 20 months of base salary yep. only, yep. John. And that is a massive red flag that we see all the time when when reviewing severance packages for employees. And it was extremely important in this particular lady's case that the other components of her compensation be included as well in that 20-month period of time. And and listen, benefits coverage is is important, so that should be included. Bonus, annual bonuses, quarterly bonuses, or commissions maybe, those should be included as well as part of any severance package. But perhaps most interestingly in this particular lady's case... John, she had a really, really valuable pension because she had been with the bank for so long. She had what was called a, or what is called a defined benefits pension plan, meaning it's not just what the employer was kind of matching in terms of maybe RSP contributions, which don't get me wrong, could be a significant amount of money, but she had a kind of very robust pension plan where every additional year that she worked would give her a greater pension entitlement, not just in terms of an RSP, but an actual kind of pension payout for the rest of her life. This was a very valuable pension plan. And what the bank didn't do, uh, John, which they should have, is they didn't include that pension continuation as part of the 20 months of severance. And so that was literally that pension itself by, you know, alone, John, was, you know, probably an extra $100,000 plus to this particular ladies, and I'm underestimating potentially, uh, John, depending, of course, on, you know, when she retired, how long she lived, etc. Now, long story short, uh, we explained this to the bank. I, I, I sent them a letter on the lady's behalf explaining, well, listen, your severance period may be reasonable, but, but you know, it has to include every other component of this employee's compensation sure. package, not mm-hmm. just base salary. And the end result, John, and again, this just got finalized today. They have the, they have agreed to include the pension continuation as part awesome. of the twenty month severance period, Brilliant. as well as benefits, as well as an amount for benefits. Exactly what this lady was looking for, and she's very happy with the result, John. But not only that, it is the right result in the eyes of the law, and that is what is important. And that you know, those other components of an employee's compensation that are not just base salary, oftentimes get overlooked. As part of a severance uh, review, if you're reviewing it without an employment lawyer, do not, do not 
uh, be in a situation where you're accepting a severance package that's base salary only. You've got to include things like pension, benefits, etc., particularly when they're so valuable, such as in this lady's case. And a good opener there, my friend, and sets the table nicely for the uh, the topic tonight, and that is severance packages. Key things to know. There you go. That and Jamie, stand by. We'll get to your phone call momentarily after a short break. Monday night edition, Employment Law Show rolls on. Hang in there. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. You betcha. 642 Monday evening. Alex Lucifero is your guy after the show. Any other time other than this half hour, it's one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Jamie, thanks for hanging in patiently. How are you tonight? Um, well, I'm, I'm not doing so good because... Okay, what's up? Yeah, um, one of my friends was working at York University uh, since the year 2000, uh, 23 years. And, and because of, you know, her company is doing a lot of restructuring, last uh, Wednesday she, she gets called in the office and they told her, um, I'm sorry, Amy, but your job has been terminated. And, uh, she, you know, like she's very, very anxious and worried about, you know, how she's going to cover her bills. My question is, can she um, somehow get her job back if she was wrongfully dismissed of, um, her, at her job, her employer? Because she was there yeah. years. Great question, Jamie, and one, one that we get ask extremely often every day okay. um was your was your friend uh unionized or non-unionized she was part of the union and okay. um the hr you know called her in last week uh, they had a meeting they sent out emails to all the employees and um what's happening is the comp the where she worked at york she was working for security and and uh, the video surveillance cctv and uh, so basically, they're um, really, really starting to let people go, managers, and then they're going to be going down to eventually sometime next year to employers. And I'm worried about my mother, and my mom's been there um, for actually 25 years. So I'm kind she's of. Union too? Yeah. Yeah. So she's also she, union? Yeah. Yeah. So she's unionized. Okay. What so, do you think, Alex? Yeah, so unionized employee, uh, Jamie, here's here's how it works. Okay. So in a situation where these employees have been let go without cause, meaning it's due to a it's due to a restructuring, downsizing, you know, et cetera, it's likely going to be very difficult for those employees to get their uh, jobs back. And perhaps even kind of more so than that, uh, employees that are unionized. Listen, don't get me wrong. Unionized employees have, you know, have some advantages. There, there are advantages to being a unionized employee. Job security, I guess, except for in these kinds of situations, job security is one of them. Typically, you'll have, you know, more secure pay, better pay, better benefits, etc. Uh, one of the downsides, however, of being a unionized employee in these kinds of situations, Jamie, is that if you're let go the severance that you are going to be owed as an employee. And I don't care. You could be a 22-year employee. You can be a 25-year employee. You could be very long service. Your severance entitlements as a unionized employee 
are probably going to be pretty darn limited. They're probably going to be kind of the minimum entitlements that em- that uh, that employees would be owed as severance in the circumstances. And that is because an employee's uh, employment, the terms of their employment, if they're unionized, are governed by the collective agreement, basically the employment contract between the employer and the employee. And that collective agreement, as it's called, is going to have basically the rules of the game, the terms of employment on every single issue that will ever come up between an employer and an employee or the employer and the union. And that will include termination entitlements and severance entitlements. So if you look to that collective agreement, it will spell out exactly what those employees are owed. And guess what? hate to say it, but it's not going to be a heck of a whole lot. We can compare that and I guess contrast that, Jamie, to a, a, a non-unionized employee where, listen, they may have a little less job security, right, if you're non-unionized, uh, but their severance entitlements will be much more significant because severance for a non-unionized employee, John, this will get into our topic for the evening, uh, yep. severance for a non-unionized employee is going to be based on their age, position, and years of service. And that's where effectively the money is as an employee's severance entitlement. So, Jamie, listen, I hate to say it. Your friend is going to have to speak to their union representative about the termination. Maybe there's a way to fight the termination, right? If it was, for example, you were terminated for the wrong reason, maybe you were terminated for alleged cause and they didn't and the employer doesn't have cause. They might be able to get their job back. But if it's not that kind of situation, if it's just a downsizing there's going to be no real way to get their job back. And unfortunately, again, as a unionized employee, their severance entitlements are going to be pretty limited. Uh, yeah, Alex, as you said, severance packages, key things to know. You laid out a couple of them right there with our uh, week that was our case of the day. But uh, is there a difference between severance pay, termination pay, pay in lieu of notice? You hear all these terms thrown about, right? Yeah. And, and listen, I, I hate to say it, uh, John, but it, you know, it was a topic during the case of the day. Jamie just called in and asked about mm-hmm. severance. And the reason why I wanted to talk about severance in particular tonight is because we are seeing and, you know, we're on the front lines of this. We're, we're as employment lawyers, we're kind of the canary in the coal mine here where we have been seeing layoffs and terminations across many different in- industries in 2023. Uh, I am concerned. I am worried that we will continue to see more of them into 2024. Just as an example, John, today, Spotify and, and CBC have right. just announced that they'll be laying off hundreds of people uh, as part of restructurings. Listen, I, again, I hate to say it, but these terminations, these mass layoffs are going to be happening more and more, and employees need to know what their rights are. They need to know the basics when it comes to severance. And you just asked one of them, and this is a question where we're asked kind of you know, every single day, is there a difference between calling it termination pay or calling it severance pay or... Sometimes you'll hear something called pay in lieu of notice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anything along those lines. And the answer, John, quite simply to that question is, no, there isn't a difference. I mean, really what we're talking about here at the end of the day, whether we call it severance pay, whether we call it termination pay, whatever kind of label you want to put it on this, we are talking about an amount of money that you as an employee are rightfully owed by law as a result of being let go from your job. We call that, generally speaking, severance, right? And I think everybody understands when we're talking about severance what we're talking about here. Again, an amount of money that you're owed when you're let go. You can call it termination pay. 
You can call it pay in lieu of notice. It doesn't really matter what label you stick on the can. Uh, John, at the end of the day, this is what an employee is owed when they lose their job, when it's the employer that makes the decision to end the employee's employment. And I know the first question you get on the phone is, well, Alex, I get that, but how much severance am I actually owed? That baffles people. I mean, beyond what they think, the week per year, two weeks per year, which is, of course, incorrect. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's the danger whenever, you know, whenever anybody, and this could be for employers as well, John, we see it all the time. Employers come to us and say, yeah, we, we know that our employees are owed a week per year of service if they're let go, right? Or an employee will come to us and say, I, I know what the rules are. The rules are two weeks per year of service. Nonsense, John. There is no such rule where it's a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service. There is no mathematical formula when it comes to severance. As I was alluding to before in in talking to Jamie, severance is going to be based on an employee's age, position, and years of service. The analysis is straightforward. The older you are, the longer you've been with the same company, the more senior your position, the more severance you are going to be owed. Severance, John, could be as much as 24 months of pay. That's two years of pay. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've only been you know, with your with your employer for a year and you're in your early 30s, you're not looking at 24 months of pay in a yeah. situation yeah. Uh, like that, really. But those are, you know, 24 months is reserved for older employees, longer service employees, perhaps more senior uh, employees. But the point I want to get across here, John, is that oftentimes, if not almost always, you are going to be owed more based on your age, position, and years of service than A, what you think you might be owed. Severance is oftentimes way more than an employee expects it to be, right? Because they have those misconceptions, misunderstandings of one or two weeks per year of service. And B, it's almost always going to be more than what your employer first offers you when you're let go from your job. When you're sat down from that meeting and you're handed a piece of paper, and this could be in person, it could be virtual, however they do it, over the phone, uh, Right. If you're being told you're being let go and you made you're made some sort of severance offer, I can guarantee you that uh, that offer is going to be less than what your entitlements actually are at law based on your age, position and years of service. And so the lesson here for employees is make sure you do not accept any kind of severance offer on the spot. It's extremely important. Never sign off on anything on the spot. Shake your employer's hand. Say, you know, it, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Take those papers with you and make sure you speak with an employment lawyer and, and a professional in any field before you sign any documents uh, like that. You could be leaving tens and tens of thousands of dollars uh, on the table for the reasons I mentioned, because oftentimes yeah. severance is way more than what you actually think it is. How about the old employment contract? How does that impact the severance to what degree? Yeah, an employment contract, and this is, you know, this would be the case, John, for more recent employees. So if you're a if you're a 15 or a 20 or a 25 year employee, the odds of an employment contract having any kind of impact on what your severance might be, I would say it's slim to none. Highly, highly, highly un, uh, unlikely. If you signed an offer letter when you first started with a company 20 years ago, it's probably not even worth the paper it's written on anymore. So that's irrelevant. But for more recent employees, if you've been employed for a, a, you know, a year or maybe two years, maybe three or four years, lots of employers nowadays, and it's more and more the case nowadays, that employers are inserting termination provisions, severance provisions 
into their employment contracts. And so, and so for more recent employees, what we'll do is we'll ask them, well, listen, have you signed any kind of employment contract recently? There might be some language in that document that somehow limits your severance entitlements. So it's certainly a, it's a consideration, John, again, for more recent employees in particular. I would also caution an employee that just because you have an employment contract and maybe you even look at it yourself and see that there's some severance language in your employment contract that looks like it might limit what severance you're owed, don't assume it does as an employee. There are lots of severance provisions in employment contracts, lots of termination clauses, as we call them, in employment contracts, that even though the language is kind of there, it's not written well enough. It's unenforceable. It's not legal. And if that's the case, well, there are no limits on your severance entitlements. The contract doesn't impact the analysis at all. So even in a situation where you have an employment contract that might dictate what kind of severance you're owed, Still, make sure you speak to an employment lawyer. Make sure you get legal advice before accepting any kind of offer from an employer. How about that deadline? How does that have an effect? You know, because every offer's got one, right? Yeah, of course. And we've, uh, you know, we've touched on this uh, many, many times over the yeah. over the years. And I have to say, John, despite that, we get asked the question every single day: What do I do? My employer needs to hear back from me by the end of the day, or my employer needs to be hear back from me by the end of the week. Should I be worried? The short answer, Don, is no, you should not be worried. There is no such deadline when it comes to severance, uh, right? Your severance entitlements, based on your age, position, and years of service, do not change come Friday at 5 p.m., right, or whatever the company's deadline uh, is. And so do not be pressured, right? Do not be influenced by a deadline. Sometimes we'll ask employees to reach out and, and ask for an extension, Other times, Ron, and this is my preference, listen, usually an employer will give you a week to respond to a severance uh, offer, uh, right? If the day you're let go, or maybe even the day after you're let go, you reach out to us, give us a call, we can have a chat that week. I like to respond to an employer within that period of time, right? If if we meet their deadline, even if it's with a counter offer, which it almost always is, uh, John, they'd be more willing to meet our deadlines, whatever deadlines we impose, and there's some goodwill created there. So if you can get back to them by the deadline, great. And if you can't, that's okay too. Nothing changes come the expiry of that termination deadline. What has expired is the time we got left uh, to do the show tonight. We're back in tomorrow at 6.30. So any questions come to mind over the next 24 or 23 and a half, bring them on tomorrow here on the show. In the meantime, reach out to Alex and his team. Always ready to have that chat and educate you further and help you with your case. Of course, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for any web help and and further contact and access to that severance calculator, even if you don't need it now, try it. Take it out for a spin. See how much you would actually be owed beyond what you think you may be owed. That can be found pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and we'll rewind and go forward either and catch you tomorrow night six thirty right here on the Tuesday edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.